This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. This is your Knoxman standing in for Faith Mangope. She's back with you tomorrow. Yes, we're going to look finances. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about balloon payments. Yeah. This thing, some people understand it. Some people don't understand it. I need, I don't understand it fully. I don't understand it fully. So at least we've got the experts there. Let's welcome Mujalifa Mutlame. Mujalifa, good afternoon to you. Welcome to Power Lunch. Thank you very much and uh, greetings to all your listeners. Indeed, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, Gerald Mwandiambira, Certified Financial Planner. Good afternoon. Welcome to Power Lunch. Always a pleasure. Good afternoon to you. Well, Mujalifa, let's just start. You know, it's all about it. It's basically a taxi. <laughs> it's, it's basically a taxi. So when you find it, it's all about can you, can, does the balloon payment um, principle apply even to the Zolabat taxes? I mean, yeah. If it has wheels and it moves, it can be insured, definitely. Ah, interesting one. Yeah. Interesting one. So, but what are the, what are the what are the conditions that are attached to balloon payment? Firstly, how does a balloon payment came about for let's say for instance a first time car purchaser? He, mm. he goes to a car dealer, he wants financing from the bank. Sure. How is this balloon payment structured? Rasayan, a balloon payment is what um, a lot of people know as a residual payment. What happens is that for, for, for a, um, a consumer to enjoy the benefits of a lower payment as far as monthly installments are concerned. What finance houses sometimes, they, they add what they call a balloon, which means that you have to pay off the, uh, well, uh, but in this instance, then after that, you still have to pay off that balloon. They put an extra portion of debt on your principal debt to make sure that you don't pay a higher installment as you pay off this uh, this item. Ah, interesting. So, General, uh, Gerald, being a financial planner, when, um, you know, somebody approaches you and say, you know, Gerald, um, I'm, I'm planning, you know, transport, public transport, it's not convenient for me. Um, I lose clients by getting late because public transport is not convenient. I'm intending to buy a car, but I need financial advice in terms of how to go about it and the issue of balloon payment comes about, how do you advise somebody, for instance, who's buying a car for the first time and he, he or she wants to know whether she should take the, 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 the balloon payment option or not? Uh, the answer to this one is very simple. Don't do it. <laughs> if, you are, if you have to resort to using a balloon payment um, or a residual to finance a vehicle, it means you cannot afford it. Because as my colleague is saying, it's basically saying I'm buying a Zola Bat for a hundred grand. Um, now let's say in a in a in an ideal world, um, there are, there were there were ten payments in that a hundred grand, um, and there was no interest. That would mean that every month the the bank would expect ten rand from you. After ten payments, hundred rand is yours. Normally with a residual, you're basically saying I can't afford ten rand a month. So. Um, they ask you, what can you afford? And they'll say, no, uh, maybe four. Maybe I can afford six rand. So mm. they say, okay, 
will take 40% off the value of the car. So you won't finance it for 100, 100 rand. Um, we'll actually finance it for 60 rand. And you pay for 10 payments, 6 rand each. But at the end of it, we want our 40 rand, uh, which we discounted you. Yeah. So it basically means you can't afford the car. Because if you have to resort to paying 6 rand for something which was supposed to be 10 rand, you can't afford it. If you have to resort to a residual balloon payment, you can't afford the car. Um, rather get yourself a car which is in line with the repayments you want. Mm. The problem we have is that a lot of people are aspirational and they want to be seen in big motor vehicles and they end up overextending themselves on their finances and going into these um, balloon payments. And there's a slight technical difference between a tech a balloon payment and an actual residual. The balloon payment is basically you buy the car for a fixed value, you get your discount, maybe 30%, mm. and at the end, that 30% is what you um, you, you pay. Mm. With the residual, it's, it's based on the value of the vehicle. So there's a depreciation element which, which, which is involved, which basically says that at the end of the term, even though we gave you a discount, that discount might be more if the value has depreciated or the residual value of the vehicle is less. So if you haven't looked after the car, you can actually end up in a in a worse situation. But the most commonly used um, interpretation is the one where you, you get a discount on a car. So if you need a discount to buy that car, you mm. can't afford it, buy something you can afford. Interesting. This is one scenario, Mujalifa, where somebody approaches a financial planner like Gerald. Mm. But in a case where a person doesn't approach the financial planner. He goes or she goes to the dealership himself. And then, um, and it does happen because at times, you know, you're just excited that you're going to buy a car. Mm. We don't read the the the, 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 the the fine print and so on. Because I do remember a friend of mine was excited that he's going to, you know, his, uh, it was his last month, you know, to finish, sure. you know, the payment. And he mm. got an, a very interesting surprise. And when he thought he has finished up, they said, no, 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 no. There is a balloon payment to be settled and so on and so forth. So how do we make sure that when we go without financial planners, we look mm. into that and understand the type of contract we get ourselves into? Yeah, it's a, it's a country, but I like what, what my colleague said there. If, if a client goes to somebody like Jared and they don't take Jared's advice, they go and buy this expensive vehicle. By the time they get to us, a short-term insurance broker, the, the, the buying decision of the vehicle is actually done. The guy has bought the vehicle. The guy has signed the offer. Our duty is to make sure that they're insured properly so that in case something happens with the car, he won't be left with a balloon payment to pay when he doesn't have the vehicle. So we make sure that we study the document. We have to make sure that the members of the public must know that your vehicle is insured. Any credit shortfall on that vehicle must be insured. And the balloon payment itself, the balloon amount must be insured. So by the time they get to us, they would have already decided on the buying the vehicle. You know, mm. So we, we have to make sure as, as, as insurance professionals that the risk that they got themselves into is actually insured properly. But we, like I agree with, uh, with Jared, I'd rather not do it. I would, if somebody had to come to me first, I'll tell them, rather buy a cheaper car. It, it's, uh, don't, don't go that direction. 
Well, interesting. If you've got any stories pertaining to these issues of residuals or balloon payments, feel free to interact with my guest here, Mujalefa Mutlami, insurance expert, as well as Gerald Mwandiambira, certified financial planner. Give us a call on 0861-987-000. You can also tweet your questions or comments uh, at PowerFM987, hashtag PowerLunch, or tweet me directly at Murillo Muriano. We're trying to unpack this issue of balloon payments. So, the the term itself, balloon payments, we have focused on vehicles. When coming to fixed assets, for instance, like properties, uh, Gerald, does it apply at all? Or it's only confined to, <laughs> to vehicles? Um, it's, it's mainly used for movable assets in terms of asset finance vehicles. A home loan, nope, they don't do balloon payments. Um, and look, um, it's mainly to do the fact that a motor vehicle is a depreciating asset. So, um, that's one of the biggest differences you should look at when you look at a, a car in a home. A home is an appreciating asset. And also, remember, a home is on the balance sheet of the financial institution. You don't own that house until you pay your last payment. It's never yours, and they can take it back any time. Mm. So it's slightly different. With a car, they don't, they don't give you a car. They give you money. The money is what you owe when you when you get a car finance. Whereas when you get a home, a home loan, the bank actually buys the house itself for themselves and they'll only release it into your name or transfer the deed into your name when you've fully paid it up. With a car, the, the bank has just simply lent you money. They want their money back. So essentially one of the biggest problems is a lot of people go into financial problems and the bank comes to repossess the car. They think that once the bank takes the car, we are fair and square. You took your car the right. No, it doesn't work like that with a car. With a car, they lend you money. So they are going to auction that car, and normally they'll get a very low price for that car. You still end up owing them. So it's another reason why when you're going through financial difficulty with a car, you need to scream, shout, get help immediately. With a home loan, it's slightly different because houses normally... You know, if you've been paying it and you go into financial difficulty, normally the bank owes you money because the house has increased in value. Yeah. So they are a bit more lenient when it comes to, 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 to home loans in terms of the repossession stakes. But in terms of your question, there are no balloons or residuals when you're talking uh, property purchases. It's only for moving assets, vehicles. Let's go to Kahiso. TT's got a comment. TT, a question. Good, uh, good afternoon. Welcome. Hi, good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Um, thank you very much for educating us. I, I have a, a slight different view from my colleague that side. Because if one says that if you take finance and take a balloon payment, it means you can't afford. My argument will go for me. Most of us can't afford uh, things that we are buying in terms of the cars and the properties because we need to ask for finance from the banks to finance that because we don't have the money to buy them cash. So if we use the balloon factor, we must mm. ask what, to what benefit mm. is it benefiting you on the balloon? If it okay. does not benefit you financially, it is irrelevant for you to take the balloon. Then don't take it. But if the benefit, it will benefit you, for instance, one wants to buy a taxi and then wants to run their business, and then they take a balloon. It is not a matter of affordability because then the argument will be none of us can be able to afford because the reason that's why we are going to the best performance. So let's talk about the beneficial part of it. So that's what I'm saying in terms of if you say if you take a balloon, you can afford, then why don't you go and finance at the bank? It means you also can afford. So the balloon sector, let's discuss the beneficial part of it. That's my view. 
Okay. TT, drive safely there in Kahiso. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think he's, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's right and he's wrong. He's right and he's wrong. He's right and he's wrong. He's wrong because when, when you seek finance, your finance is granted on the basis of affordability. Your affordability is based on your income. Your income is basically your salary. So normally when you end up in a balloon payment, it means your salary cannot afford to pay for the repayment comfortably. You want to basically have that discount so your cash flows can match that payment. Therefore, you end up with an asset which you actually owe a lump sum. Problem which arises with the balloon payment is unless you are saving up for that balloon payment every month so that at the end you've got it, which means you can afford to pay the high installment in the first place, you're going to have a problem. He is now referring to a specific example of a taxi, which is an income-generating asset. You cannot compare a taxi or a tractor or a bulldozer with a, with a luxury German car which is parked in the basement the whole day. The luxury German car parked in the basement the whole day does not generate any income, and essentially it's depreciating as it stands there. With a taxi or other types of assets to generate income, yes, you can afford to consider going for that balloon option for the simple reason that you know that it's working 30 days a a month and it's generating income and you still have to put that money aside because on your your last installment, guaranteed, the bank will request um, the balloon payment and the balloon payment is full settlement. It's not let's discuss this balloon payment over a year or two years. No, Mm. they want it tomorrow. In fact, they give you 14 days to settle it. Okay. So, Majelefa, does it really matter for somebody who, who takes up the car insurance, um, whether he's got a, a standard uh, finance contract or whether he's got a, a balloon payment contract? Does it really matter for somebody to take up the car insurance? Look, it does matter. It's, it's a great deal, Rasanyani. And like the caller has, has, has mentioned there, I've had cases whereby a client would say, I took this balloon payment because it was my only option. Because I know that in, a, in the next 12 months, my finances will be better. I'll manage, I'll even make a more payments on my installments. And, but we're not saying that it, it, it's, a, it's a horrible idea. We're just saying it's not advisable. It, it's not advisable to do it, but uh, people can do it. We, we have a lot of clients to do it. If, from where I'm sitting, for me, the important thing is that if something happens to that car and you write it off, you must insure all those aspects of the, of the finance, your, your, your principal debt and your balloon payment. So we're not saying it's... it's, it's uh, sometimes people who say, I don't have a choice. 5,000 rand is all I can afford. I can't afford 8,000 rand because maybe in some cases a guy would say, I need this vehicle for me to get this job, you know? So it, it's, uh, it, it, it depends from client to client, I must say. Well, interesting conversations. We'll continue taking your calls on 0861-987-000. You can also tweet us at PowerFM987, hashtag PowerLunch, or tweet me directly at Muriel Muriano. I'm in conversation with Mujalifa Muslam, insurance expert, as well as Gerald Mwadambira, 
Um, he is a certified financial planner talking about balloon payments. I see you silent in Centurion. I see you, Joseph, in uh, Pretoria, as well as, uh, I think it's Milton. I, I saw the call coming through. So I'll be coming back to you um, after the news headlines. And, of course, we're going to get a bit of an update as far as traffic is concerned because it is still a rainy and wet afternoon. Uh, so if you're on the road Please, please exercise extreme caution because the roads are slippery. So, Kanyisilikulu will be giving us the latest as far as uh, traffic is concerned. But for now, we cross over to the news booth. Speak up. Call the power line on 0861-987-000. Yes, indeed. Finance, finance conversation with my special guest, Mujalifa Mutlami, insurance expert, as well as a certified financial planner we're taking your calls on 0861 let's hear what you have to say about the issue of balloon payments and also issues pertaining to insurance of your properties let's start with silent in centurion silent your question comment uh good afternoon i think your guest uh, maybe the, the the choice of language that they used was the one that was incorrect let me say mario what makes a a property or a car expensive is is actually not the the principal debt is the interest charged me and you can buy the same car but you find that we are not paying the same repayment so in that case if the balloon payment is aggregate balloon payment they differ in percentage by percentage okay. so it Yes. So if you see that the percentage that they are giving you is high, that's when you can be able to say, I don't want that balloon payment. But if the percentage of the principal debt is less than, um, I mean, it's 10%, 15% of the principal debt, then that's when you can accept. But if it goes both 30%, 45%, then that one is a problem. But in its own, balloon payment is not a problem. In most cases, Cars, properties are not expensive. What is high is the interest rate. Thank you very much. Ah, silent there. Not the primary debt, but the interest rate. Uh, Gerald, maybe if I can get a comment there, but he's, he's speaking about the art of negotiation because he says, you know, obviously, depending on how you negotiate, the interest rate might be lesser. You might be driving the same car, but the prices, it might be different. What's your response, Silent? No, I think um, he's correct on the on the on that point because the one thing most people never try and negotiate is the interest rate. Um, if anything, most people are not even aware of the interest rate that there has been applied on their biggest debts, which is your home loan and your car. Most people, if you ask them what's your interest rate, they have absolutely no idea. Mm. You do have the power to bargain, especially if you're in good standing in terms of your credit profile, and you also have the power to shop around. You know, I know a lot of people um, when they go in and they say they want the car on Friday, they want it on Friday (laughs) and they're going to to, do so often many people um, give up their rights of negotiation or shopping around because they put these are these unnecessarily high expectations of wanting an asset at a specific time. Same thing with insurance. You know, you can shop around and get the best insurance solution for yourself when you drive that car out but remember normally that person wants the car now and they normally then will just allow the dealership to choose any insurance broker or any insurance solution and they drive but there are there are repercussions and unintended consequences to you not actually shopping around for a better interest rate 
or sometimes getting yourself a better insurance premium. As much as all of us expect our income to improve over time, it doesn't always work out that way. So you can use COVID as an example. It's an unexpected shock to your finances, and many people were caught um, you know, exposed because of COVID with balloon payments and, and the like. Yeah, we are the victims of the now-now syndrome. Maybe, Mujalo Famtame, um, insurance expert, if we can just look across you, the insurance, you hear Gerald mm. saying that uh, if you don't rush, you know, you can you can negotiate percentages, you know, based on what Silent has been saying. In terms of the insurance as well, it might be the very same car, but does it depend on how, you know, being a client, how hard I push for a, for a, for a lesser interest or a, a lesser charge? From an insurance point of view, do you guys, you know, relent at times to what customers want instead of just saying, for instance, you, you pay a percentage of 10% for insurance or so? Look, with, with insurance, it will depend on, on, on your risk profile. Different insurance companies have different risk criteria, uh, uh, underwritten criteria and different risk appetites. Now, we, 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 the insurance company look at a number of things. How you, they do an insurance IDC check. How, how are, you, are you a moral hazard? Do you, do you, do you pay your debts in time? And if, if you're not, then you're going to get a favorable premium. How long have you had insurance? How, how long have you had a driver's license? The value of your vehicle. So there's a number of things that insurance companies take into account. Like, I'll go back to my point. Once, once the, 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 the decision to get into debt is done. Ours is to make sure that that debt is insured properly. But yes, the, the, how you pay your, 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 your debt, how, how is your credit rating, plays a huge role in, uh, in you getting a very favorable insurance package. Interesting. Let's go to Pretoria. Keshal, your question, comment. Yes, how are you, Marie? Like man. All right, man. Um... I've got a question here. I bought a car that's a Polo Vivo Express from VW dealership, you know, okay. from VW mm-hmm. in uh, Um Everything they done for me, and the time that I wanted to collect that car, they said, nay, you can't collect your car without having an insurance. So what they did, these people, insurance guys, they were just calling me all the time since I started this process of purchasing this car. Okay. So I was asking them, where did you get my details? Then they said, no, we get them from VW. So I couldn't trust anyone. Mm. So I just asked that guy, which insurance, uh, because some of them, uh, their prices, it was exorbitant. So mm. I got uh, the one they called it Ocrust. Um, That insurance, they told me I have to pay 1.2. That's my monthly installment for, yeah. for the insurance. Okay. Then mm. I said I'll go for it. Then my car was paying 3.8. Uh, uh, to make it um, 5,000. Yes. So what happened? I was using Standard Bank that time. So, oh Christ, I paid for the first installment, second installment. Then they said, nay, they're going to send someone uh, to put a tracker on my car. Mm. It's their tracker for them to see my movements or whatever, whatever. It's their tracker. But already I do have a tracker on my car from VW and my own tracker. Yes. So they sent their guy to put a tracker. Uh, they didn't give me any panic button, anything, anything. They just put it together and they said it's working. So I said, if I have a problem, so how will I conduct you? Because uh, with my other trackers, I do have the panic button. Mm. They mm. didn't give me anything. So they said, no, we are not. This is our um, tracker. We have to monitor this vehicle, blah, 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 blah. And they said, no, it's fine if it's yours. Then what happened now? On my account, instead of them uh, taking 1.2, uh, if they see, man, like, 
if money gets into my account, let's say 20,000, that night, that third time, I will hear my phone. Tweet, 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 tweet. It's Oklas, Oklas, Oklas. These other charges, 150, 200, 3,000. So now it, oh. em, it end up taking almost 2,000 for my account. Wow. 2,000 something. So when I asked them from the bank, hey, why is it because I don't have any agreement with these guys? Mm. It was only 1.2. Then yeah. Standard Bank, they said, nay, we can't reverse. We have to call these guys and ask you what. They gave me the numbers. When I called that in Oklas, they said they are in Western Cape. You are in Western Cape, but we didn't agree on all these um, debits that you are doing on my account. Yes. Uh, they didn't give me any good answer out of that. Hmm. So what I had to do now was the bank can't reverse this uh, month. So what I had to do, I had to close that account yeah. and open uh, another from uh, FNB. So wow. now the, the, the insurance company, I, I, I stopped it. I'm no longer paying it. So now they have put me on credit. Uh, what uh, lawyers? They are calling me lawyers now. They saying mm. I'm o- I'm owing a uh, tracker. So I said wow. it was their tracker. The time I terminated my contract with them, they are supposed to come and remove their tracker. I told them it was your tracker. It's not my tracker because I do have trackers in my car. Yeah. So now the lawyers they are saying uh, they want almost eight thousand from me for the tracker, of which I didn't order any from anything. I always tell them. So okay. I don't know how, how can that be solved. Yes, it was their trick. Yeah. Well, you got it off. Um, Mujalifa, a quick advice yes, yes. to Kesha. The, the, the issue there is it boils down to fine print. Um, I, 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 from, from what I hear from the caller, that the buying of the insurance product was quite a rushed uh, process, which means that... Uh, as, as, as insurance professionals, uh, we, we failed the, the client. We didn't give him enough information about the product that he bought. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the issue is. I don't blame him. It's our duty as, as, as the industry to explain to the client what they are buying. Yeah. But I promise you what is going through now is probably there in the fine print, in the contract. I can't give advice about another company's product. I cannot give advice about telematrix as far as tracker is concerned. Mm. But whoever's listening now, um, it's, it's a legal matter, of course, as the, as the client has said. Yeah. But don't buy insurance without drilling to the contract. Mm. You, cannot, you cannot make a decision over one hour, two hours. Yeah. You have to look at number of codes. Speak to a number of insurance professionals. Do not rush through buying the decision. Yes. Don't listen to people saying, decide today, decide today. Yeah. Don't do it. It's so, a fine print issue. And our, I feel that as an industry, we have failed that client. So, so Jalifa, can you take the matter with the ombuds? Do, do we have an insurance ombuds? And there is insurance ombud for short-term insurance, who I know that would deal with an issue if there is a dispute of a claim, whereby an insurance company rejects your claim and you feel that you are, uh, you are treated unfairly. Yeah. Uh, the client can approach the short-term insurance ombud. It can go on the website and you can lodge a complaint online by just typing things there. Yeah. In certain ombuds, there are legal people that understand these things better. And I think that client, uh, I, I can't promise him that he has a chance, but I can say that uh, it is worth uh, testing the truth. Kesha, the best of luck, my brother. So just try the, uh, the, the insurance ombud. Okay, okay, all right. Thank you, Thank mate. you. All right, there. Joseph Pretoria, your question, comment? All right, how are you, sir? Yes, yes, Joseph. Proceed. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll try to be quick. Um, I want to say, let's say I buy the car, and then the car is costing 200000 including the tires, the wheels, and so on. And then uh, the, then, uh, the seller 
push the commission maybe about 50,000. I mean, I mean, when the tank is already included there. But now my problem is that when you come with a balloon, why, why the balloon? Because the, the, the person who is selling is selling in order to make a profit. But then you come with something like a balloon. So it, it's giving us a problem where uh, we feel like uh, it's not really fair. The thing is that uh, another thing is uh, I'm making an example again of uh, the property rate. I buy a house. Then they say I must pay property rate. But remember, I'm entitled to have a land and then to have a place to stay. If I keep on paying property rate for the rest of my life, it, it does, it's not fair for me. Uh, because the house, they got the tax there, is there. I paid, uh, the person made a commission, then I bought the house yeah. or I bought the car, for example. <laughs> but now, why, why other things? Or why actually they didn't uh, include it on the profit? Not to make lots, of, lots and lots of things that we don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really complicated. We think we are being robbed. And then actually another thing I want to say, the problem with uh, us, uh, or the managers or directors or in our South Africa, we, we feel like uh, since we get the democracy, we are not properly represented, whereby we swimming on the foundation of another person. Yeah. You, come, you come into a company that is having a policy, the old policy. And when people come there, you are becoming a director there. But you, you still see me on the old policies of those things. Then it's still yeah. killing the people. I hear you, Joseph. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a structural issue, which is quite unfortunate. Yeah, we all complain about the rates and taxes, my friend. Yo, yeah, and uh, we don't... Yeah, okay, let me take uh, as many calls as possible and then my guests will, we will reflect on some of the comments made. Let's go to Sfiso in Midlands. Sfiso, your comment question. Good afternoon, Morio, and your uh, guest there. My one, I want to paint a quick scenario. So if now I have, um, I have an agreement with the finance or the bank mm. that I'm going to pay for six years uh, a certain amount, but uh, I'm also going to pay the uh, balloon um, at the end of the term of the uh, contract or the agreement with the financial institution. Mm. So if they have quoted me for argument's sake, let's say they say pay a thousand rand a month for your vehicle, um, and then I forward pay, for example, like I pay 1,800 mm. rand instead of the thousand prescribed. Yes. Maybe I, they, they, they debit the 1,000, mm. but I put in an extra 800 rand on the account. Yes. Now, will that, uh, because obviously when you forward pay any agreement, it will obviously cut down the term of the agreement. So if the term is 72 months, mm. if I pay an extra 800 rand, um, for example, that surely would decrease the term, whether yeah. it's by a few months or but whatever. So Including the interest as well. I think. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So you're killing the interest, essentially. Um, so will that now go towards the balloon payment or will that now go towards the 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 the, the interest that, is, that you're servicing here okay. because for a long time in an agreement you just pay interest only at a certain time do you now start paying the actual vehicle or asset that you buy the first few months or years you'll, you'll just be paying interest so i want to know <clears throat> how right. does it work in that case yeah gerald take it over Yes, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. If you make any extra payments towards your vehicle finance, it will not reduce the balloon payment. So what you're going to do is you're going to reduce your principal and potentially um, reduce your term because obviously you are paying the interest quicker or you're paying off the, the principal quicker so the interest will be less. Balloon payment is treated as a separate um, part of that agreement. So 
you can't actually say I'm paying more in my car. If you pay more into your car, which has a balloon payment, you will probably finish the principal quicker, but the balloon payment will still be there um, as agreed. All right. We're taking your calls. I think let's go next to Milton in Hetfield. Milton, your question, comment. 100%. 100%. Thanks. I'll, I'll be very quick. You see, uh, mine is also just related to the to the previous caller because I, I agree with all the sentiments that I think people should not rush when they are purchasing uh, high high valued items, especially vehicles, mm. and and they should shop around because obviously even if you take the quotation from 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 your from your one dealer and go to your next dealer and you give them that they'll mostly probably reduce the amount that you need to borrow. But my comment more is about that people should actually make extra payments into their uh, assets, because especially with vehicles, what normally happens, let's say you are paying 1,000 rents extra. Every month, the bank gives you what they, what they call a rebate interest. So, so they actually pay you a certain amount for having uh, uh, that extra money into the capital amount. So now what you continue doing, you just continue paying off your... your, your, your your fixed amount, but just continue paying extra because the more you pay extra, the more the bank gives you money to actually uh, 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 offset some of your capital. So you'll actually be getting the bank to actually finance the interest for you. So uh, I think most people don't actually know that actually uh, that's also a very good way to actually reduce some of the capital expenditures because if you pay extra, the bank gives you money every month in terms of a rebate. Mm. They call it a rebate interest. So they actually pay money into your account. So and that actually uh, saves you a lot of money in the long term. Interesting, Milton from Hetfield. Thank you very much, Emujalifa. Here's a tweet for you to assist us from Entle Mashandungubeni, saying insurances are very classist. Their classism is beyond. Doesn't matter how good your credit profile is, they will charge according to area and kilometers you travel. It's not easy for us who travel long distances. Yeah, it, look, it, it's a great question there, and I would say it's, it's a comment. And uh, other insurance companies will look into where you park the car at night mm-hmm. versus where the car is parked during the day. Um, some other insurance companies will feel that it doesn't matter to us. We just want to know where you park the car at night. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't explain. Where, I wouldn't know why when they when the tweet says classes. I think I don't think it's about classes. It's about uh, insurance can take information from from subs. Mm. Where, where where is your where where is your car likely to be stolen at night based on what they collect from the police? You know, mm. it, it, it's not an issue of they say people of a certain area pay a certain amount. It's not about that. It's, it's about based on statistics. It's about statistics. They they these are accurate information which is compiled by uh, qualified actuaries. So plus has nothing to do with it. I think it has to do with risk uh, um, risk profiling is, is are you more likely to have a certain claim if you live in a certain area okay. all right let's go to we tumelo in moreta park i think yeah tumelo welcome mr murillo how are you and the guest like it like it like man thank you sir look i as a small business uh, owner what i did when i or what i'm doing when i purchase mostly mostly the the, the buggies what I do is I go to the dealer, I ask them how much is their commission on the car, on the actual car. Okay. And then they tell me, okay, it's X amount. I pay that amount separately. I say, this is your money. I'm going to finance the car, not, not this. Mm. And I go back as far as putting the mere thing like your, your carpet, 
in the in the car. They charge something like four hundred to five hundred. Uh, radio one thousand six hundred to two thousand rand. Yeah. So we're gonna finance all those things. Uh, like the other time, I was arguing with them. I said I can't I can't pay three and a half thousand for the car registration. I might as well just do it myself because I know it's cheaper than that. Yes. So all those small things mm. end up having something wow. like six and a half thousand that you're gonna pay, pay in five years. How much is it? It's a lot of money. So wow. I asked, I scrutinized on the quotation, everything. What I don't understand, I asked them. If I feel like I'm not getting the truth, I'll ask somebody else who knows about these things. And it's much easier. So I finance the actual car. Mm. I give them their money and that's it. Bitumelo, now we are talking. All right. I think you've heard what our guests have been saying. Don't rush. But here's the man who meticulously check the contracts, knows the things that he can do himself. Incredible stuff. Indeed, we are talking. Mkluli, Intwani, comment question. Welcome. Hello, Mario and your guest there. Let me be quick, Mario. Mario, I took, I bought a, a car with uh, a Bank X and then uh, now... To my surprise, after two years, mm. I only saw on my statement that I have a top-up cover, but I don't have a comprehensive uh, uh, insurance with a bank. How possible is that one can have a top-up while you don't have the insurance with them? Wow. Let's try. Mujalifa, I know <laughs> if there's any explanation we can come up no, with. No, there, there is actually. Um, a top-up is, is similar to what people call a vehicle credit shortfall. Um, it is, it is, it, it, it's something separate from a balloon. However, what the banks do when you apply for this finance and they see that what you owe them is more than the actual bill of the vehicle, they actually, they actually add top-up cover so that if the vehicle is written off in an accident or it's stolen, the, ins- the, the, the insurance will pay for the bill of the car and the bank finance, whoever underwrites the top-up, can cover the top-up. What it means is that sometimes, uh, the, so that you are not left with the top-up to pay up. You can buy top-up from the bank itself where you finance the vehicle or you can, uh, you can add it on your vehicle insurance policy so that the top-up is also covered. Some people call it a vehicle credit shortfall. So the, 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 that's how it is. And it's, uh, um, it, it said that, uh, I mean, we, we should read documents as we under the Sanyani so mm. that uh, we, we are not surprised by these things. But I promise you, it is there on the, co- on the contract, the, uh, the top of cover. Yes, the plan should have been informed. But uh, yeah, the, the fine print is always there. Mudluli, check it out, my brother. Um, apparently, it is there. So those are the realities, guys. Let's be meticulous. Eh? Take that brush and come through that contract. We don't do it, most of us, but it is absolutely imperative. Vusi Ferriglen, question, comment. Good day, sir. How are you? Lekker, man. Lekker, lekker. There's a point which was made by your panel member to say about, it's got nothing to do with class. But however, there's a question that came to mind that um, my premium as a man is not the same as a woman. Isn't that class? So uh, why are we celebrating class in uh, geographically, but then when coming to male and female, because male and female is a human being. So is, isn't it a class that we are 
also uh, uh, losing class in order for us to come up with a premium more likely and riskier and whatever it is because it's, it's actually uh, to look at it. So it's a quite an uh, interesting part. Also, yeah. if, you, if you can recall, there was a debate also with regards to um, some time ago about a loan that a black man will pay more than a white man. It was a debate, but then it died very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think FNP was, was, was part of that. Vusi, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. we hear you, Majalifa. We've got uh, class, we've got profile experts here. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that is, my, is my own understanding of the word class. Yeah. But uh, he, 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 he mentioned a very important example he, he, he used. I'm going to use it back. Statistics are telling actuaries that uh, females are better drivers than men, that you, a, a male is more likely to be in an accident <laughs> than a female. They use that. We don't, it's not stating that uh, who is safer than the other. It's just stats. Stats are saying uh, uh, we as men are more likely to be in an accident than, than females, and they decide based on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's uh, look, I, I, on the loan side, I can't give advice, but I can tell you there isn't an insurance company that will um, uh, uh, use um, something like a class or anything like a, a, a race or anything like that, I don't know, yeah. to, to determine how much a client should pay. There, there isn't evidence of that. I've worked in the industry for almost 20 years. There, there isn't anything of that sort. Okay. Gerald, very briefly, wrap it up for us. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Um, before you enter into any financial contract for a large, um, large ticket item, please just consult with a financial planning professional, preferably someone who's going to earn a fee for their advice and not necessarily looking at selling you anything for commission. Read your contracts because those contracts are always written for the benefit of those who drew them up. So because it's their contracts, it always tends to be in their favor. But get an advocate or someone who can help you to interpret these legal documents because a lot of the mess people find out um, at the end, it's because of not reading documents. Simply don't initial and sign. Okay. I thank you both for your great insights. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.